Welcome to Lumina, a podcast from Afters, the Australian Film, Television and Radio School. Well, it's National Science Week and my guest tonight has been called the rock star of the digital revolution. He's the Professor of Artificial Intelligence at the University of New South Wales. Please welcome Toby Walsh. It was kind of fun to be a scientist, to be invited on to tonightly a comedy show with Tom Ballard, who, because he's been fired, was dressed as a parrot. Um, and to be taking questions from him. What about other jobs? You've predicted in 2050 there will be a nightly TV news program that is made without a single human being involved in the production. <laughs> OK, now I lost my job in a different way, but, uh, you know, I'm worried. Toby, tell me that comedians are going to be OK. Uh, I'm afraid not. Let me introduce you to my friend. No, God damn it! Uh, in return, I came on the stage with a robot that I taught to tell a joke about Tom being made unemployed. What? Complicated moat robot. Oh, hello, Mechanoid. <laughs> hello. Does he do comedy? The robot said, Tom, do you want to hear a joke? Tom said, yes. Knock, knock. Who's there? Not tonightly anymore. The show's been canned. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. Is AI going to take away the jobs of comedians based on the level of quality of that, that humour? I don't think comedians need to lose any sleep at all. <laughs> Computers write very bad jokes. But uh, even if they could and when, they, if they do write good jokes, I don't think we really will care too much about the jokes that, that robots say as much as the jokes that humans say. I'm Fenella Kernerbone and this is Lumina, a podcast for storytellers interested in how new technologies are changing the way that we tell and share stories. I'm sitting in the office of Toby Walsh, one of Australia's leading researchers in artificial intelligence. He works as a professor at the University of New South Wales and also for Data61, which is a branch of the CSIRO that specialises in digital and data innovation. There's not much difference between what I do at UNSW and Data61. It's all research. It's all trying to build machines that are intelligent. The idea of intelligent machines evokes excitement in some people and unease in others. We often default to this bleak view that AI will one day reach a level of competence that could push us out of work or take claim of our crafts. And yeah, in some cases this could be true. If it can be automated, it will be. Will an intelligent machine do my job? Well, of course not, I think. Luckily, Toby has a more optimistic view of how AI might fit in our creative practice and change the way we work. The AI we can build today is still immensely primitive. It's the level of, of toddlers. We've got a long way to go before we can match human-level intelligence, the breadth of abilities that humans can to match their social intelligence, their emotional intelligence, their creativity, their adaptability, their robustness. All of these things machines lack today. Machines can just do narrow-focused tasks. They can do those often at superhuman level. They are, in some sense, idiot savants. Give them a task... They can play it at superhuman level. Reading x-rays, they can do it at superhuman level. But we can't match the breadth of ability of the human brain. There's, there's nothing that comes close, in fact, to the human brain. We, it's the most complex system we know of in the universe by orders of magnitude. Nothing that matches the billions of neurons, the trillions of connections. Toby says that AI development is accelerating towards a point in the near future where machines will have the same level of intelligence as humans. Along with his colleagues, they predict that this could happen by 2062, less than 50 years from now. But there's something different about humans' intelligence versus human experience. 
And we can't say whether machines will have feelings, creativity or an awareness of their own existence. These are key ingredients in storytelling and in building connections. What's the connection then between consciousness and creativity? Do you need to have that in order to be able to express yourself through music, art, writing, storytelling? That's a profound question. Is there any connection between consciousness and creativity? If we made a zombie intelligence, as we sometimes call them, an intelligence that was was highly intelligent but lacked consciousness, would it be able to be as creative or is, is creativity to do with those conversations that we have in our consciousness as, as much as in our intellect? Mm. We don't know. The ability, though, to, to write, for example, to amalgamate ideas, that's something that AI can already do, but whether or not it's something that we necessarily enjoy to listen to or read as humans we're not so sure just walk me through what we can currently do or what ai can currently do when it comes to expressing itself to a degree so you you can get an ai program to to write music there's a program that's written uh, in the style of Bach, and actually it did better than human. It passed what we would call the Turing test, the, the, the test if you, if you show the output, the art, the, the music to a, an audience, could they tell a, the machine apart from a human? Interestingly, Bach won. They, they, showed, they played three examples of music. Bach, a human pretending to be a Bach, and a computer pretending to be a, a Bach. <laughs> and Bach fortunately won the Bach impression competition. <laughs> But the human who was trying to pretend to be Bach lost. They came last and the computer came second. So in that sense, we can do better than another human trying to write Bach. The idea of computers composing music, it's not new. AI has composed classical music or even original pop songs, like the ones coming out of this new Brisbane startup called Popgun. But we still have a long way to go before AI music connects with us emotionally. This comes back to the work of Justin Shave and Charlton Hill, whom you might remember from our music episode. Abbey Road have an arm now that is investigating AI music. One of the companies that they've taken on is actually called AI music and, and they truly believe that there's a place in the future for computer-generated emotional music. And as with the advent of the DJ, the playlist, computer software that manipulates samples within an inch of its life to create music, this to us is just a natural progression in, in the advent of technology meets art. AI have written film scripts, books and poetry. In fact, here is an example from a study done by Kyoto University who trained a neural network to analyse scores of poems written by humans and then give it a go itself. So here is an AI written poem that I will perform for you. I am a coal truck by a broken heart. I have no sound, the sound of my heart. I am not... At first glance, a machine-written poem, it might seem indistinguishable from a human-produced one, except it lacks a key ingredient, meaning. I am a coal truck. But the potential is there, though, isn't it, for machines to write and to create stories that we enjoy? I mean, if I look at half the blockbusters today, it looks like they've been automated anyway, the, some of the scripts, which yes. is a terribly uh, insulting <laughs> thing to say to the Hollywood system. But It is, but there is a formula. There is a formula, that's to, right. To a good story, and there's also a formula to the plays of Shakespeare. There, is a, you know, there, are, many, there are many common arcs that stories go through, and you can get a machine 
to follow those arcs as well. There are tricks you can teach yourself to be more creative, and those tricks are things that perhaps we can also give to machines. So it's an interesting question. Machines could be creative, but even if they could, even if they could match it at a functional level, I think an interesting question is whether they will mean anything to us as humans because they won't speak to the same experiences. Machines aren't mortal. Machines don't fall in love. Machines don't get depressed. All those things that are that art speaks to, that, that speaks about the human experience. The machines, may, maybe they make art. Maybe they will make things that we perceive to be creative. But since they don't speak to that human experience, whether they will mean as much to us or whether, whether they will mean anything to us in that sense. As we adapt to this new world, human experience will be monetized. And we're seeing this already in the music industry. For example, musicians may no longer be able to rely on income from selling records, so instead focus on live performance. Increasingly, these unique moments, going and sitting and watching something together, this is what we share with other humans. We will do it together. It's about human connection, and that's what the artistic world can rely on. This next 50 years could be the second renaissance. The machines will take the sweat and free us up the time to appreciate the things that are important to us, our, our social interactions, our communities, our societies, and that that will be the thing that becomes most important. The machines will take away work, the only truly obscene four-letter word, and leave us with the time to appreciate the things that are most important to us. And at the end of the day, we're social animals. We, are, we, we, we live in families, we live in communities. Uh, we appreciate the social interactions we have above all the most terrible thing you can do to a person is put them into solitary confinement. Mm. Um, it will eventually drive you mad. And so hopefully we will use the technology in a good way to free us up so that we can focus on the things that, that are most important to us and that will give us the time and space to do these things. And and the machines may help us do that. They may they may be tools that we use to allow us to, to, to paint and to compose in a better way than we could because I'm a terrible draftsman. But perhaps with a machine, I can I can actually make quite good art. Mm. Um, I can use it to augment myself, not to replace myself. Will we will be able to train ourselves in order to use better the the, the tools that we have created? Yes, I, I I like to think eventually AI will stop meaning artificial intelligence and will start meaning augmented intelligence. That we see it as a way of amplifying. We've done this with technology uh, throughout history. Uh, we use eyeglasses to make up for the the poorness of our eyesight. We we use. Um, lots of devices to to extend our, our capabilities. And there's no reason to suppose that we can't use machines, computers, to extend our creative abilities as much as we do to extend uh, our intellectual and our, our mechanical and, and other physical activities. Can you give me a couple more examples of where you think that this is already, particularly in the universe of creativity, evident, that we can see collaboration really working at the moment with machines uh, in an effective way? I, I think if you look at the... the, the some of the audiovisual arts, if you, if you look at video and so on, we can now create things with, with computer-generated graphics that, that deceive the eye. And machines will allow us to explore that in a, in a completely new way because you'll be able to make things that never happened. You'll be able to get Obama to say things that he never said. Uh, for instance, they could have me say things like, I don't know, President Trump is a total and complete dipshit. You see, I would never say these things, at least not in a public address. But You know, this idea of deep fakes, you'd be able to, to fake things that never happened. That's going to introduce a profound conversation, which I think art has been having actually for the last hundred years or so, about what is the nature of truth? What is the nature of reality? 
of course, reality is something that, that our minds make up. We don't see the world in the way it actually is. I mean, you only go to a cinema and you can see that we turn a sequence of moving images into continuous motion. It does not, but it isn't continuous motion. It was just a sequence of, of images. So our brain, the, our, the reality we perceive is one that is constructed by our brains. And we're going to have this tool that is going to allow us to construct amazing new realities. They're not realities in the sense that they will be completely artificial, but will challenge us in terms of what we think is what is real and what is fake or what is real and what is virtual. Um, so I think there's going to be a really interesting profound change in the places and the way that, that art converses because this distance, this this gap between the real and the virtual is going to become impossible to tell apart. And mm. we will be increasingly living in worlds that are mixed between real and, and, and virtual. The AI and augmented reality will allow us to, to explore completely new ideas of existence and reality that will you know allow us to take art into new places. What about the world of gaming? I'm I'm curious about how our current, I mean, obviously gaming is a huge thing at the present time, but our current world where we go and sit in a cinema and we look and passively enjoy what's happening, this is this is obviously starting to shift already and we've talked yes. about AR and, and VR, how that's transforming the way that we enjoy entertainment. What do you see as, as I mean, for example, the Hollywood system or something like that, what do you see as the sort of the, the next shift? I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the gaming industry and Hollywood merged into one that the gaming industry will allow you to appear in your own Hollywood movie and we can all drop into those 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 new worlds. You can take the story in directions that the, the screenwriters never thought of. This gap between the, the gaming world and the Hollywood will just merge into one and we will all become the centres of our own Hollywood blockbusters. It's going to be quite interesting to be there and of course in those blockbusters you can have all the characters from the past you know Marilyn Monroe can be brought back to life whoever your favorite film star or film actress was you can have brought back to life so that you can act alongside them but post 2062 2162 people will still be will still be writing will still be telling stories around the campfire those things that we've always done will still exist the other stuff will however also be there and, and sort of be merged or melded as part of it would that be right I'm sure we'll be still telling stories. We've been telling stories now for thousands of years, ever since we invented language several thousand years ago. We've been using that to tell each other stories. And that has driven our culture. That's driven our imaginations. That's that's driven us to go off and ex explore and find new places and build a better world. And that's surely just such an integral part of our, of, of our makeup that it's going to continue. And maybe the tools will allow us to tell richer, more interesting, new ways of telling stories, but we will still be telling stories. Yeah, everyone said that books were going, to, were going to destroy the art of storytelling, that we would stop remembering stories and that um, that, that would destroy that, that verbal culture. And there was some truth to that. People don't remember those stories anymore, but we actually have a much richer cultural artistic life now because of books, because we can, we can tap into those stories that have tr crossed hundreds of years now, that have crossed geography, have crossed time, that wouldn't have happened if we had stayed with a purely oral culture, that you had to pass from person to person, that would limited the size and the number of stories that you could share. Now we have libraries full of books and stories that have been shared across time and space. And so technology has made our cultural lives so much richer, our storytelling lives so much richer. So I can only expect that technology will do that again, that it will actually 
take away some of the some of the stories we had in the past, but give us so much more in return. What's the one piece of art that you would love to see made by a machine? <laughs> well, my favourite pa- painting I would love to see made by a machine, just because it would say that we've got so far, is, Ger- is Picasso's Guernica. In April 37, the German Condor Legion bombed the Basque town of Guernica, later to be immortalised in Picasso's famous painting. Painted in immense anger that, that speaks to a incredibly important moment in history and then speaks to speaks to a, a nation Spain that has been divided by by that painting by for so long Guernica produced in 1937 during the Spanish Civil War it exposed the pain of a country on the brink of dictatorship painting is not done to decorate apartments it is an instrument of war a good painting any painting ought to bristle with razor blades It was protest art the size of a mural, and its defiance put Picasso under Nazi surveillance during World War II. When the dictator Franco took over Spain, Guernica was taken out of the country under strict instructions from Picasso that it could not return until democracy was restored. It was more than 40 years before it came home again, and the painting still divides people. And if a machine could make something that was as powerful as that then I would, have, I would have been so amazed at how we've progressed. You have been listening to Lumina, a podcast from Afters, Australia's national screen and broadcast school, dedicated to finding, developing and supporting Australian storytelling talents. Lumina is produced for Afters by Audiocraft with Selena Shannon and Jess O'Callaghan. Our sound engineer is Ryan Pemberton. And our executive producer is Kate Montague. I'm Fenella Kernerbone. And if you'd like to hear more of these episodes, subscribe in your favourite podcast app. You have been listening to Lumina, a podcast from Afters. Mm.